And we're just going to read a few verses. I'm actually going to go a little bit further, but um, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, I'll read a few verses, and I'm just going to pray. All right. So Luke chapter 10, and we're starting in verse 38. Luke 10, 38. So it says here, verse 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Father, I pray that you would um, just open up the scriptures tonight, Lord. I pray that um, or the Holy Spirit will be welcome and present, Lord, just to give us understanding and teach us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would um, just help me give me the right words, Lord, to give the sense. And that um, we would um, just draw close to you tonight, Lord, and uh, learn a little bit more about um, how to... How to um, how we ought to be more like Christ, Lord, and just um, help us to surrender, Lord, and um, just to yield to that um, Holy Spirit call, Lord, um, just to um, uh, just to put away the flesh, Lord, and to walk in the Spirit, Lord. So I pray that you'd help us tonight, Lord, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So in the context here, um, Jesus is traveling around. He's in the middle of his ministry. Um, uh, in the previous chapter there, I guess he had um, called the the, the 70 and sent them out and uh, gave them a lot of different instructions and things like that and they came back rejoicing and he said just uh, it's nice to rejoice about the things that you've seen and heard but make sure that um, the main thing you're rejoicing is about is that your names are written in heaven and then he goes on and he's doing different um, different uh, ministries and different things and he comes to this certain village and this is where um, Martha receives him into her house you know so if you remember those 70 getting sent out it says to, they were told to look who was worthy in that town or place that they went to and, um, you know, to go into the house and wish, wish it um, a blessed with peace. Mm-hmm. And if it was worthy, then the peace would rest upon the home and the, the family. And if it wasn't, they would come back to them. <laughs> and um, in this way, I thought it was great that, and, you know, we see that Martha is that person in this particular village that Jesus would, um, would go to, okay? And I know you probably have heard a lot about Mary and Martha and this scripture. It's a pretty popular one. Um, I think the Good Samaritan was in the, um, the last, um, just the previous portion, and that's pretty popular too. And I, I, I find, you know, sometimes um, I'd never really studied this out, and the whole idea that you kind of get is like, you know, don't be like Martha, be a Mary, you know, these kind of things, right? But I just wanted to point out that um, Martha was quite a dedicated disciple, okay? And um, she was doing whatever she thought was right and honorable, um, if you turn to Acts 24, I just want to give you a, a phrase here. Um, Acts chapter 24. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 24. And this is um, Paul speaking. And he says here in verse 16, Acts 24, verse 16, And herein do I exercise myself, to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. So, you know, um, in the same way as Paul is doing here, Martha is just trying to do um, everything that she can, everything that she believes is um, right to do. Um, she wants to do her best. She knows who she's serving. She's serving the Lord God Almighty. She's serving Jesus in the flesh. And um, um, 
she, she's uh, also bringing Jesus into her home and uh, having that blessing of Jesus coming and spending time with her family. I don't know if you've ever uh, had the blessing of being able to take a missionary. We're going to have a bunch of missionaries next next month. If you get the opportunity, you, you should be really uh, beating down Dad's door for an opportunity to have one of them over for lunch or for breakfast or dinner. <laughs> and not just not uh, because we have a need for that, but because there's a blessing in receiving um, um, uh, workers of the Lord, servants of the Lord into your home and um, being apt to, to hospitality and things. And um, there's a blessing in the home as well for that. I remember just, um, I suppose I used to, uh, you know, when I first got saved, I pretty much followed Pastor around <laughs> everywhere he went. I'm sure he was well sick of me at that stage. Um, you know, uh, it says, withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I definitely, um, uh, Nita definitely let me know that I should withdraw. <laughs> but Pastor is a lot more hospitable or whatever. She's like, you need to just go home. <laughs> And that's called overseeing. You're welcome. But um, bringing Jesus into your home or whatever isn't that a blessing? And just being having that time where you just get to sit down and you remember conversations. I remember sitting at the table, with brother for Galley and things like that. And you just get to pick their brains and um, you just get to hear and see their excellent spirit. And um, it's it's always a positive thing. So Martha Martha is doing all these things, okay? And um, she she was um, you know being a blessing to Jesus. She was being a blessing to her, her family. And she was setting an example as well that we ought to receive people into our home. So I just wanted to lift Martha up in that sense, all right? And this is the kind of disciple that she was. Um, you know, the Bible says in, in John 11 that um, Jesus loved Martha, and he loved Mary, and he loved the family, and Lazarus too. And um, it's just it's just a, a great what um, Martha is striving to do, okay? Um, but yes, there was a problem, okay? And we're going to get to that, okay? The problem was basically Martha was busy, all right? Um, and the Bible calls it here, um, cumbered about much serving, okay? And you could go to a lot of places. Um, one, of, one of the ones I thought of from Nehemiah is, you know, the, it says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And um, we can see here that she's pretty much lost her joy. She's not very um, very joyful. And um, when we know God loves a cheerful giver, <laughs> all right? And uh, But she's trying to do what she can, but she has lost that joy. Um, I don't know if you could go so far as to say that she left her first love. I think that might be a bit extreme. Um, she still loves the Lord and she's still trying to serve him. But I, I hope, um, well, I don't hope, but I know that all of us maybe have come to that part where perhaps um, we're doing things out of duty then, then out of just the joy of it all and kind of um, that, that desire, you know. Okay, and um, yeah, we know we don't need to follow our emotions and that kind of thing, but um, they'll come later and things like that. But this, there's, this is a different thing, okay. So she comes to the Lord and she's exasperated, in other words, okay. Um, and I think it's, you know, we just commend her again. She came to the Lord with her problem, okay? That's a good thing. I hope that you do that. We'll touch that on that in a minute, okay? Um, but just look at her spirit, okay? Look at where she's at. Remember I said that she didn't have the joy of the Lord. She's saying here in verse 39, or verse um, 40, sorry, um, Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? So you have here her, her spirit is... Um, She's asking the Lord, does he not care? <laughs> uh, you know, Bible 101 here, the Lord, the Lord cares. <laughs> All right. His, his loving kindness towards us is, you know, infinite, infinite, you know, just doesn't end. Okay. And uh, many are his thoughts towards us and he holds our tears in a bottle and um, he does care. Okay. But, but see where we're getting at here, where Martha is. If you try and look inside, you know, man, look in the outer experience and uh, the outer appearance. But God looks in the heart. And she's tr- also kind of given that effect that I'm alone. 
you know, um, she's saying, Dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? So she's without, um, without strength, or she's trying to rely on her own strength, and we find that um, obviously our strength is weakness when it comes to uh, spiritual things. And um, she comes to the Lord and she says, this is my need. So she has a certain view of how she thinks um, the world ought to work or whatever, okay? Um, and then if you contrast her to Mary, of course, what's Mary doing? Uh, Martha is standing and Mary is sitting, sitting, relaxing, okay? And um, Martha thought that that wasn't right and she wanted Mary to help her so that she wouldn't be so overwhelmed, okay? And um, her, her, she prayed to the Lord and she believed that have Mary get from sitting to standing and helping me, and this would solve the problem. Okay, this is this is my need, Lord. If you meet that need, I'll be fine. Okay, but this actually isn't really the case. Okay, if you find that your joy is gone and that kind of thing, and or maybe you start doing something out of duty, or um, you find yourself in Martha's position, basically, the Lord could answer the prayer like that, and He could have said, "Okay, Mary, go on in, and you know." Uh, prepare some dishes or whatever it is they were supposed to be doing. Um, but um, Jesus Jesus points this out, and we're going to look at his answer just briefly here. Um, but just um, just to kind of I didn't uh, preface or whatever the whole thing. It, we're just going to look at some of our 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 spiritual foundations, our our the basic disciplines or whatever, our Christianity 101. You know, because Andrew was teaching us about what happens when you become a new creature in Christ, and um, these are some of the the basic things that we need to just make sure are always um, in our life on a daily basis if we want to um, uh, finish our course with joy. I guess I could say that. Okay. Um, so Jesus teaches Mary, and he says he says a lot in a little, a little, in a few words or whatever, which is custom for Jesus. Um, it says in verse forty-one, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. So we just pause there, okay? And we just need to remember that. When Jesus calls something, if you know what I mean by that, when he defines something or when he says something, he's always seeing things clearly, okay? He's never biased in that sense. A bias is a leaning towards one side or one another, but there is no shadow, no variableness of turning in the Lord's sight, and he sees everything on the earth plain and as it is, and there is no difference to what the Lord says because what he says is 100% true. And there's no getting around that, okay? <laughs> so um, um, we need to remember that, that Jesus sees things much differently than how we see it. And um, he never gets out of balance. And um, he, he doesn't have to sleep on a decision. Have you ever been really confused? You'll be like, look, I go to sleep. I think about it. Maybe tomorrow, um, you know, I'll um, make that purchase of a big fridge or whatever it is you're, you're, you're humming and hawing about, right? Um, so he never has to sleep on a decision or whatever. Um, he always... Uh, He's always correct, okay? But Martha, however, her focus is off, okay? So because she's cumbered about much serving, she's not seeing things clearly, okay? And if you've ever heard of the phrase, um, missing uh, the wood for the trees, um, she's just overly focused on this one little point, and she's missing, you know, um, the, well, the fact that Jesus is there teaching, <laughs> all right? Which wasn't a... Um, it was common maybe around that time, but... <laughs> um, uh, you know, when he wasn't there, they weren't getting taught. You know, that kind of idea. Okay? So, um, I don't know. I don't know if your focus has ever gotten off or whatever. I do know that some mornings I've put the milk in the cupboard along with the cereal. Have you ever done that? <laughs> or lots of other things or whatever that I won't tell you. <laughs> All right? Sometimes, you know, just um, I'm not seeing things that clearly, okay? Or understanding everything, all right? 
So um, it says, Jesus says here that Martha was careful and troubled about many things, okay? So what I'm just going to say about that is it didn't matter if Mary helped her, okay? Because she would just get worried about something else. Does that make sense? Now, if I read from um, Proverbs, I'm just going to touch on it. But um, you've got the same principle, but for a different habit. Um, Proverbs, I'm just reading Proverbs 19.19. You can stay in Luke if you feel like you're quick enough to run over. Proverbs 19.19 says, A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment, for if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. Okay, so you see here this man is stuck in one way. Um, it's an addiction of sorts, and um, he's bound for that path. He's got that rush cut out in the forest or whatever, and he'll always go that route. And you can deliver him from whatever it is he gets himself into trouble with, but you'll have to do it again, the Bible says, okay? And in the same way, Jesus could solve our little petty little issues and stuff like that, but at the same time, he wants to go deeper. He doesn't just want to look at the symptoms. He wants to go to the root cause, and he doesn't want to keep having to solve our little problems. You know, Pastor kind of defines it like, you know, when we're praying unto the Lord, we want him to rescue us out of things. You know, we want, he want Pastor says, you know, we want a helicopter to come and pick us out of that situation and not to have to deal with it anymore. But, you know, um, he, he points out that um, the Lord wants to be with us through. And in the, the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord wants to be with us in that path, not to take us out of it, okay? So um, he could have had Mary, but it wouldn't have made a difference, okay? And um, he points out then that um, there's a time for everything, like in Ecclesiastes 3, he says here in verse 42, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her, okay? So... Um, you know, there's a time for everything under the sun, and Jesus is saying one thing is needful right now, and that is to sit down and listen to the teaching of the Word of God, okay? Um, and Mary had chosen that good part, which would not be taken away from her. So she was able to get that blessing. She was able to value that time, and um, she had chosen correctly, whereas Martha hadn't. Um, you know, things didn't have to go perfectly. They could have had their, you know, dessert or whatever it is they were having. They could have had it later, whatever she was thinking about doing, tidying up or something like that. And I know it's natural. Um, you know, if we've got visitors coming over or whatever, we're trying to pick stuff off of the hallway table that gets chucked there when I come in the door and, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And you're just trying to do stuff and you're like, oh, and you just want it to be right before when the people come over. But at the same time, you don't want to, like, you know, let's say clean up the whole house and then not have the dinner cooked or something like that. That would be a bit counterproductive, right? <laughs> so Jesus is saying, let's just keep to the main thing here. We need to be listening to the Word of God. And we can worry about that other stuff later, um, as nice as it is, okay? It's not that one needful thing, all right? So here you see about, that's why they call it a discipline, because it takes discipline, doesn't it? To sit down, to get in your Bible, you know, they say, if you don't schedule it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't happen, that kind of thing, or whatever. If you don't kind of set that time, if you make it very movable, then you'll move it, and then it probably won't happen, you know, that sort of idea. So that's, that's that first discipline that Jesus is teaching here. As he's going around, um, he's saying, when it's time, you need to sit down, you need to get into the Word, and you need to just leave everything else behind, and the world's not going to fall apart. Jesus is still on the throne. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Yeah, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer anyway. Yeah, sort of idea, okay? So that's the one thing, and that's that's great, and we could be finished, and we could pray. and, and um, But actually, if we just read on, we'll find that Jesus gets another opportunity to teach that actually goes in context. I love Luke when you look at him, and, you know, this seems like maybe different points and, and structures, but if you look at it, they all kind of connect in dots or whatever, and things are in context, and it's just really interesting, okay? So if we just continue reading here in um, Luke 11, um, 
Let me just see how long I'm taking here. Uh, oh, yeah, great. So um, we're reading here, and it says in chapter 11, verse 1, I'm in Luke, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us this day, give us day by day our daily bread. <laughs> um, and I'll stop there just for a second, okay? So Jesus soon gets another opportunity to teach about right spiritual priorities or about them, you know, the basic um, discipline of, of, um, of walking in the spirit, okay? So part of that is getting in the word, or getting to where the word is, which includes church. Of course, you guys are preaching to the choir at this stage, right? And the other part of it, as we're reading here in context, is prayer, okay? And um, um, what better way to obviously to sit at Jesus' feet and spend time with him than to get to interact, okay? It could come one way, um, but to have that, that's why we call it a living relationship with Christ, a dynamic relationship. There is conversation, there is forward and back, and there is a relationship in that way, okay? Um, so these guys see that there is, um, they notice here when Jesus ceases to pray, maybe they got to listen, you know. I, um, we know that um, he was only a stone's throw away when he was in Gethsemane and that kind of thing, and that, um, uh, you know, that Jesus was close, um, close enough maybe to be heard while he was praying and things like that. And But these guys here, they see Jesus' prayer life, okay. Um, so I'm just going to make a, a distinction here. There's, there's a difference between prayer and a prayer life. Okay. Now, a prayer, prayer is something quick that can happen. All right. Um, I was thinking of uh, Nehemiah. If you um, remember, I think it was Nehemiah, um, where he's he was not before sad. Was that Ezra or Nehemiah? I can't forget. I can't remember. Um, he was wasn't before sad in the king's presence, but the king says, "Hey, you're sad," and he was like, "Uh oh, you know, I'm not supposed to be sad. I could get you know thrown in jail or something." <laughs> um, and uh, he, he says, "What's wrong with you?" And he says. Okay, um, I can't be happy when the gates of Jerusalem are burnt down in my hometown, you know. And um, uh, then the king says, well, what are you asking for? And he says, really briefly, this Bible says, I prayed unto the Lord and said. Okay, so that was a prayer that just went up in that time of need. You know, if you come around the corner in the car and there's this car on the other side of the road, you'll probably throw up a quick prayer in that sort of way. All right? It, this isn't the time to be, um, you know, going through these bases. I'm going to go and make sure that you do one thing first and then, you know, say this and then ask and then, you know, that kind of idea, okay? That's different, right? Um, but they notice here that Jesus had a, a vibrant relationship, a, a living prayer time that was regular um, with the Lord. And they said, you know, John the Baptist had that too. Will you teach us whatever that is that you have? What's different, you know, like between our prayer and your prayer? You know, how do we make, go from where we're at to where you're at, okay? So, um, Jesus kind of um, uh, just gets straight to teaching them, okay? So he was great like that. He wasn't saying, don't you know already? Or <laughs> Sometimes he did. But um, he was very patient, um, and he still is, of course. So um, I know I, um, I said that, you know, um, the last lesson or whatever it was, one thing was needful, and that was the word, all right? And that, that is paramount. God says he's magnified his word above his name. But at the same time, prayer goes along with that word time, Okay, with that time in the Word. Um, I remember one time after I just got saved and uh, I was starting to get into this whole new creature stuff and doing different and new things. And 
um, I was getting my Bible and stuff like that. And then I was realizing, you know, learning that maybe it's the best in the morning and I was trying to get that thing done. But I found sometimes I wouldn't have as much time as I'd want because you actually don't have all morning to do everything. You have to be somewhere at some time or things like that. And I text pastor and I said, if I only had one thing to do, which would it be? Read my Bible or pray? <laughs> so I text him whatever I sent, you know, and then, you know, and then both. <laughs> and I was like, that's not what I asked you. <laughs> he didn't ask my question. <laughs> All right. And um, I don't know if I, I can't remember if we got to talking about it a little bit more. Okay. But prayer and Bible prayer and the word, they go together like peas in a pod or, you know, this kind of stuff. Okay. And um, I, I could go as far as saying when one thing is, when one is lacking, it will cause a lag in your prayer life. Okay. And it cause a lag in your walk with the Lord. I'm sorry. Um, because um, you can't just do one and, and without the other, they both kind of, um, they're both needful. <laughs> All right, so I sound like I'm contradicting myself there or whatever, but Jesus did teach about prayer. Um, I'll show you in Psalm 128. You could turn there if you like, I'll read a little bit of it, but um, it's talking about walking in the ways of the Lord, okay? And it's saying that that person is blessed. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. And it goes on. Um, it goes on there. But it's just showing there that, um, you know, when you fear the Lord, when you're doing what he commands, um, when you're sitting at his feet, when you need to, and when you're praying, like Jesus is teaching the disciples here, um, there's a blessing in that, and there's um, you're, you're walking in that way that we're supposed to walk, and um, the the Lord will will be at your side all the way, and and He won't feel far from you, even though He's He's always a God that's that's near. Um, you know, I find if 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 I'm not kind of getting too much into the Word, or if I'm not praying, that um, you just don't you don't have that spiritual sense. To, draw, to, 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 to sense that the Lord is near or to, to hear those, that still small voice. And, you know, it might take, um, um, it might take fasting or something to, to renew that, that sensitivity um, towards the Lord um, and, and in the things that he's trying to teach you, okay? So the Lord is teaching here on prayer. And um, I'm, I'm not going to, um, like, dive into it too deep or whatever, but just one more thing before we get into it. Um, uh, the main idea, essentially, Jesus is saying, is to get praying, right? Not just to have that sporadic prayer or those individual prayers, but to have this ongoing dialogue, as it were, with the Lord, okay? Um, Proverbs 22, 13, um, I'll just read it out. It says, The slothful man saith, There is a line without, I shall be slain in the streets. <laughs> and why is he saying that? He, basically, he's not going to do anything. He's, um, he's not going to do anything, um, and he's going to make excuses more important than actually doing what he should be doing. Okay, that's that's what he's saying there. Whatever, there's a line without, and I shall be slain in the in, in streets. So, and the reason why I brought that up is that sometimes we will we'll come up with excuses, or we'll we'll say our excuse like the slothful man, and we'll say, um, you know, um, I didn't go to bed early enough last night, so therefore I can't get up and do this before I need to go to work. Or and and these these decisions are these things will will sound valid, but at the end of the day, you know, if the Lord tells us that we need may not always to pray and not to faint that we need to just make an adjustment and we need to be honest with ourselves and are we going to believe our excuses more or are we going to believe the Lord more, okay? 
And we don't have to have this, um, you know, super prayer life or, you know, you don't want to go from zero, zero to 100 miles an hour um, um, if that's not what you're used to or whatever. But just start where you're at and just, just do something, okay? And you can grow it from there. Like if you just, you know, if you're trying to move something or whatever, you just give that push and it can feel hard at the start. But if you keep kind of doing it and, and, and after a while then it'll just take a little push and that thing will keep going and things like that and your, your, your prayer life will start um, taking you places, I guess, or um, drawing you close to the Lord, okay? So just that encouragement, okay? But um, in verses 2 to 4, I guess we already read them back in Luke 10. But um, <clears throat> I just, I'll just go, just for the sake of it, um, through... Um, I took this acronym from our discipleship. Hopefully you guys are familiar with that. If you haven't been through that discipleship lesson on prayer, I highly recommend it. Um, in general, we should all be discipled and have that basic grounding in the Word. All right. But in Luke 11, <clears throat> in 2 to 4 here... Um, I took an acronym from the from the discipleship booklet, which says pray, okay, which is um, P R A Y. So the first one is praise, okay. So as you said, I'm just going to do like prayer boot camp here, okay, just really quick. Um, as you set your heart and mind on things above, you begin with praise, okay. Just lift up your heart to the Lord and and praise Him for His goodness and His wonderful works to the children of men. Um, Psalms is a great place to start because it's full of worship. And it's full of lifting the Lord up, okay? Um, and you want to start off with worship and adoration, of course, instead of selfishness and demands. You know, um, it, it's nice to, um, even in, on a human basis or whatever, to come to someone and, um, you know, not just blurt out whatever you're going to say, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's a politeness about it. And, Gavin, how are you? And actually waiting for a response by going, you know, I'm fine, blah, 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 I did this, and look at my new shoes, and, you know, this kind of stuff, whatever. It, we would find that a little rude or whatever, that kind of idea. And how much more than the, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, if we would just come and say, well, I have this problem, and blah, 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 you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, yes, he'll hear you, you know, uh, he hears prayer. But um, at the same time, we find the Lord starts here, and he says, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he's directing his heart towards heavenly things and to the Lord, okay? And, um, you know, the Bible talks about, it says, it talks in Revelation 5 about that one of these angels had vials in his hand before the Lord, and those vials were, in, in there were odors, sweet odors, and they were the prayers of the saints, okay? So it would be good to come before the Lord with a sweet-smelling savor of worship and of lifting him high up and of, you know, putting yourself down and lifting him high up where he ought to be in, in high and holy rather than, you know, you know, looking down or, you know, just uh, having a bad attitude. And that wouldn't be a sweet savor before the Lord, okay? So just start with praise and have that, um, that sweet-smelling incense before the Lord. And then the R is obviously repent, okay? Um, um, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting, Psalm 139. All right. Um, but <clears throat> the thing I find about repentance is that you don't want it to be lip service. Okay. Like I paid lip service when I was in the Catholic Church, and I was trying to queue up there for the priest in the confession box, and I'm trying to make up what it was I was going to say. You know, when I was a kid, like did I do bad things? Okay. You know, I don't know what to say to him. So I decide, oh, I'll say I kicked my sister and I didn't do the drying up. And, you know, and you just kind of, and I said it all. And then the priest is like, you know, um, 
say whatever Hail Marys and, you know, stand on one leg and whatever it is that he said to do, <laughs> that would help. You know, that kind of idea. And that was lip service. That was just like, oh, glad, got it done. Now we can go out and play soccer or whatever it was, okay? And we don't want to do that before the Lord. We don't want to honor him with our lips and our heart be far from him. So the thing I find is that we want to, from from the heart, acknowledge that you're not where you ought to be, okay? And agree with the Lord. That's what confessing is. It's agreeing with the Lord. And, um, you know, you don't want to just be sorry about it in a sense. If you turn to Second Corinthians, I'll just mention this. Now, obviously, repentance is a very... Um, <clears throat> you can't just, you know, force yourself. I know that, all right? Um, well, yeah. You know, I often, I like that phrase from when the Lord is saying, you know, um, he says to this man with the, the son who is um, very sick, and uh, he says, you know, if you only just believe, you know, and, the, and the, the father is looking at him and he's like, you know, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief, you know, and he, he acknowledges that, he's like, I know where I should be, but, you know, help, help thou mine unbelief, help me from where I'm at, because I'm, I'm struggling or whatever it was that, um, you, whatever way you want to define it, okay? But it's 2 Corinthians 7.10 says here, 1 Corinthians 7, 2 Corinthians 7.10, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians. Uh, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death, okay? And I know that, um, you know, there's a difference between just being sorry that you're the way you are, um, but you can't help it, or you've got all this justification, or you know, this kind of stuff, and you're sorry, and you're not in a better place afterwards. But if you are repenting, if you are acknowledging your sin that's ever before you, like it says in Psalm 51, and if you're crying out to the Lord to renew a right spirit within you, and it basically, I guess, the litmus test is in the effectiveness of it, and just, you know, sometimes we're not in a better place after we think we're repenting, and perhaps we're not. You, you know that kind of idea, and we need to search our heart more, we need to go deeper, we need to... I mentioned it already, you know, fast, or we need to, um, you know, go to a brother for advice, or I don't know what, okay? But that repentance is, is key, that it's, it's genuine, and that it, um, it works, it works a, a, a salvation or a deliverance that's not to be repented of, that you're glad that you, you went to the Lord and that you, He cleansed you and changed you from within, and you're not what you used to be, um, you know, and you're a little bit more like Christ now, you know, and that, that's where you want to be at, okay? So that's, that's the repenting. And then the next part is um, ask. So see how late that comes in there? If you turn to um, 1 Timothy 2, 1. So I thought this was was cool because it mentioned all the different types of words that you f- you find for asking in the Bible. Um, it says, "I exhort therefore, First Timothy two verse one. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men." And it goes on, okay. But um, you find there all the different ways of asking. And I read here Matthew Henry says, um, "Supplications for the averting of evil, prayers for the obtaining of good, intercessions for others, and thanksgivings." for mercy is already received, okay? So he's kind of just mentioning uh, the different types of of, um, of asking that you can do. Um, so I'm taking that out of verse 3 and 4 in Luke 11 again, saying, you know, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins 
For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay? So um, there's different things. It would be a great study if you want to look into um, just looking at the different prayers that are in the Bible. And um, I I, I put down a few from the New Testament here. I'm just general asking for grace and guidance and protection. Um, I love this section in um, Ephesians 3. It says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You know, are you praying that for someone, for someone in your life, for someone that needs it? Are you praying um, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body? That's 2 Corinthians 4 and the same chapter as well. It says that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So these are a couple of things to pray for. And um, 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 these are generally as well, you want to ask for both your needs, obviously, and the needs of others, okay? And I'll, I'll come back to that that. In, that others needs um, in a minute, okay? Um, so that was praise, repent, ask, and in the final part, yield. So it just says, yield yourself to the Lord's will for your prayers, okay? So when I think of yield, I automatically think of, um, you know, the quintessential Matthew 26, it says, um, Jesus said, it would be possible that this cup might pass from me. And then he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Okay, so he clearly is is asking for something, but he's saying, however, whatever the answer is that you will give me, I, I want I want your answer. I don't want mine, you know. Um, and he's very yielded in that sense, okay. Um, and there's a prayer also. I I don't have time to go to it, but in Daniel nine, Daniel is he's like taking on the sins of the nation. He's saying, we have sinned, we've done wickedness before you, you know, and that's why you know our, our city is burned to the ground. And he's he's saying. Um, He's calling out the sins of his nation and he's asking for forgiveness and he's interceding for his nation that God might deliver them. And um, basically, the, the, the point here, um, again, is ask not for self but for the Lord's glory and not for your answers but for his answers. And, um, you know, be it according to thy word, okay? That's, that ought to be our desire, not our word or our wants, okay? So that's just a basic prayer boot camp. I know I'm probably... You know, you guys are um, very familiar with all those sort of things. But I love the way it goes next, okay? So we're familiar with this basic prayer, okay? But I'm just going to read three more verses. That was basic prayer, but this is bold prayer, okay? So I'm back in Luke 11, and I'm reading 5 to 8. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. All right? So, I love that. Um, once you get comfortable, obviously, with the mechanics of prayer coming from the previous verses, okay? Jesus is saying here, you can now, um, you can now level up, or you can add a second um, step to your prayer, okay? So mm-hmm. just like there are steps of growth in second Corinthians, second Peter one, you know, it says, add your faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, and all that kind of stuff, okay? Um, here, this seems like the next level in prayer that Jesus is teaching in this particular, um, in this particular passage of scripture, okay? Um, so he continues his course in prayer with the concept of importunity. Which of you shall ask a friend of an urgent need and find he says no, is basically what he's saying, okay? Um, I've been woken up a couple of times in the night, but 
one night I was sleeping and my phone rang. I don't know why it was on. I learned from that. <laughs> All right. Phone rang and um, uh, there was uh, some Koreans visiting us or whatever. And they were like, hello, John. <laughs> and I'm like, hi. You know, it's the middle of the night. And they're like, um, we have flat tire. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, where are you? You know, and they were at um, one of the roundabouts up um, the top of Ballincollig there. Um, not the the Paulavon roundabout or what's it called? Fuller, yeah, whatever, but the one's going up towards the south link. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And so I said to Ruth, oh, look, I'm just going to change the tire. I'll be back, you know. <laughs> so I drive there anyway, and um, I get out, and I get in the boot, and I'm getting the tools in. And he comes over, he's like, no, no, three flat tires. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Three flat tires? So I come on over or whatever. This is the middle of the night now. And I'm looking, and um, he was after driving up onto the roundabout. He's doing 60, like, from that roundabout at the top, you know, and um, you could go to straight road or the guide dogs and here over to the thing. And he's obviously driving middle of the night, a bit tired. And he, I guess he didn't see the roundabout and drove straight onto it and smashed three tires or whatever. Um, and he was up on the roundabout when I stopped or whatever. And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> three. So I was like, I didn't know what to do. And then he was like, we need to go to the airport in Dublin. <laughs> so I was like, okay. <laughs> so I rang with her. I was like, I'm going to Dublin. I'll be back later, you know. <laughs> and she's like, okay, you know, I'm sleeping. Don't wake me up. <laughs> um, so I drove to Dublin, and then I got to Dublin. It's a funny story, and they were like, sir, did you hear to return your car? And they're like, no, it's in Cork. <laughs> and then they're like, what? And, uh, yeah, it got very messy from there. Um, but I ended up in Dublin, okay? But because I knew them, I probably wouldn't have driven to Dublin, right? Let's, let's apply this to this scripture here. But because of the importunity, because of the need, or whatever, I was compelled to answer, no matter how I felt. I could have went up going, oh, you know, what am I doing here, you know? Uh, what time is it? I should be sleeping, you know? <laughs> this kind of thing. But because of the need, you know, I... I, I what, how, what else are we going to do, or whatever, you know? Um, they tried bringing the car rental company, but obviously they wouldn't answer or whatever. They were wise. <laughs> um, so in that sense, um, you know, it says the principle is that the man in, in this one, he's not going to get up because he is his friend, it says here. But he will get up because the guy has a need. And, you know, the Bible says, Would not, withhold not good when it is in the power, in your power to do it. Okay, so the guy is going to go, I have like, you know, seven loaves and he's knocking and he's probably not going to go away until I go and get them anyway. So he gets out of bed and he gives him three loaves and he's like, you know, don't forget to bake tomorrow for, you know, <laughs> don't run out of loaves again, you know, or something like that. All right. So um, he probably wasn't happy about it. But think about it. The Lord is applying this here to us. And he's saying, you know, um, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. Um, so. How much more care is our Heavenly Father toward us, you know? Is he going to be exasperated and be like, fine, you know, you're just wearying my ear. Um, I'm sick of bowing down and inclining my ear towards you about this topic or whatever, you know, have at it or whatever it is. No, he's, he's, he's eternally loving towards us and he only wants good for us. And it's on this, on this foundation then that we turn from bold prayer to beneficial prayer i just try to get all the bees here basic prayer bold prayer beneficial prayer we're very familiar if you move on then to verse 9 and i say unto you ask and it shall be given you so see how here the context is importunate prayer is prayer based on that intense need that you have and this is when you ask and it shall be given you and this is where you seek and you don't give up because your need is so great seek 
and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened. If um, and, and I'll even just stop there a second. So, um, you know, if your prayer and if your need isn't as great as importunate prayer demands, then you're probably going to stop and you're going to stop asking for that thing. But if it is something that is that important to you, this is where you need to hold on, you need to pray by faith, and you need to uh, trust the Lord because he says that need that's really great, that need that um, is honorable and worthy, that need is the one that I, I, I can come through and give to you if you just would continue to ask, continue to seek, and continue to knock on that door. You know, obviously I'm thinking about salvation, I'm thinking about, you know, um, there's this guy Bruce Wright came over to us and he sang and played the guitar, but he, he said that his brother was praying for him for 20 years, okay? But that was obviously an honorable prayer and, and his brother never gave up and now, you know, he gets to sing the song Brothers Twice because they're brothers in the Lord as well as brothers, uh, you know, in a physical sense. Um, and that, that, that was, I guess, a result of, of, um, importunate prayer. So, just think about that. The Lord pitieth them that fear him, it says in Psalm 103. And um, it's just, I think, for me, I think it's a great comfort to know that, um, that the, the Lord the Lord is long-suffering and he desires to answer our great need, okay? Um, so, obviously, you could preface that and say a couple of things, you know, um, like in, in James where it says, you know, you have not because you ask not. But then... You ask, but you ask amiss because that you may consume it upon your own lusts. Okay, so that's where he he doesn't grant that. Okay, so that's why I'm saying you know the most worthy are needy of causes. Okay, but you know just to encourage you guys that that answer is coming. Okay, you just just hold on and, and don't give up. Okay, it says in Hebrews ten thirty six, you know you have need of patience after that you've done the will of the Lord. That um, um ah. I can't quote it, but I can go there to Hebrews 10, 36, just to give you that verse, because it's great. For you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Oh, there you go. Okay? For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. All right? So, um, so I just think that that's awesome. Um, um, uh, that, that, that opportunity, that need that, you know, even as humans, we're compelled to answer, you know, how much more the Lord, okay? So, um, you know, and we, we struggle with those sort of things, you know, but you just need to get into the Word again and sit at Jesus' feet and find, you'll find in Genesis it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? You know, think about that prayer request that you're, 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 you're praying about. Just don't give up, you know, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, you know? Um, there, there's so many verses that you could go to, okay? And he'll always answer in love, okay? And he goes on and just says one more thing, and then we'll be finished. Um, he says, if a son, in verse 11, chapter Luke 11, 11, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your own unto your children... How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? All right. So even an earthly father knows how to give good things. All right. And and that earthly father will give both needs and wants. Okay. Just to point that out. Um, you know, obviously at home, <laughs> when Connor wants something or whatever, you know, and <laughs> he asks or whatever, he's like, I want some toast or whatever, you know. 
And I'm like, uh, do you need to ask for that now? He's like, please, may I have some toast? <laughs> and then I'm like, yes, you may. And then he's like, I want loads of it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, eat this bit of toast to give you, and if you eat that, I'll give more. <laughs> you know, but um, immediately he's like, you know, I want, I want, I want loads, um, you know, that kind of thing or whatever. But um, we will give him what he needs, and we will withhold from him what we think is unhealthy too, okay? So if he says, you know, I want, you know, all this stuff, chocolate in the shop, I'm going to say, no, 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 you can have an apple. <laughs> or, or this sort of stuff. Um, so in the same way, you know, we could be asking, and we could be desperate, and we could be importunate, you know, but if we're asking for something that perhaps is nevertheless, you know, not as we will, but as he will, um, if the Lord sees fit that it's in his goodness he can refuse that thing, then, you know, we're going to have to, like we were saying there, yield, um, um, uh, yield and allow him to say no as well, okay? And, um, you know, obviously, as they say about prayer, no is still an answer, right? <laughs> okay, so it's good to have an answer. So uh, I could go to a couple of different places, but I'm, I'm just going to stop there. Um, um, I just wanted you to see that. Um, so we looked at Jesus' teachings on word and on the word and prayer, okay? So just to recap there, no matter what we're doing, we're too busy if we're too busy to sit and get in our Bible. <laughs> All right? So the question is, how are you doing? Um, are you careful and troubled about many things, like Martha is? Um, have you been taking time to sit at Jesus' feet? And also, like we learned with Martha, how's your spirit, okay? How's your spirit about that? I love that verse where um, Daniel was of an excellent spirit, you know? And I often... That often convicts me when I'm not of an excellent spirit. I'm like, Daniel was always of an excellent spirit, you know? And um, that, you know, hopefully causes me to reset. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so how was your spirit about that, okay? And we also looked super briefly about prayer. Obviously, it's a huge topic, but we looked at that basic prayer, praise, repent, ask, yield, just that general concept when you have the time to spend, you know, talking with the Lord. And um, But we looked at that next level where it was bold prayer and we can have confidence when we come before God that he will be drawn to answer our requests both for ourselves and also for others, okay? So that's where we get, you know, um, come boldly before his throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Um, uh, that's why, that's where we get that, that idea of boldness, okay? And then just the, the benefits of that beneficial prayer. God promises as we not only ask but seek for him, and knock on those closed doors in prayer, that uh, he will answer us according to his goodness and will. And um, the same way a father would or should for his children, he will answer, um, because that is his, 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 his heart, or what he should be, should be doing if he's <laughs> doing what he should. All right, so um, I, I thought that was a, that, that really challenged me this week, and I, I pray that there was something in there that encouraged you from that. So I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you, Lord, that um, we just got to get in your word. Um, we thank you, Lord, that um, we had that time to sit like Mary and uh, just learn from you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you spoke to different hearts from the scriptures. Um, I, I don't know where everybody's at, Lord, but you know where everybody's at, Lord, and you know their hearts. And you know, um, like Andrew was teaching this morning, whether our hearts are, are a little hard, Lord, or whether we have um, a soft heart like we should. And I pray, Lord, um, uh, that if their hearts are hard, Lord, that they would be that we would break them before you, Lord, or that you would break them for us, Lord, if we we're just unable to do that, and that you would just uh, make us soft towards you, towards your will, and um, as your word says, Lord, um, help us to um, become more and more like Christ, Lord, like an image of Christ, Lord, every day. And um, I pray that you would just bless us, bless our prayer time, and um, help us, Lord, um, to get rid of maybe some of the 
the, the hindrances, Lord, that might um, prevent us from having that uh, vibrant life of prayer, Lord, like, um, like we read that we should and ought to have, Lord. So we pray that you would bless, and we thank you, Lord, um, for meeting with us. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.